Good morning, Westridge. Hey, good to be back here with you today in person and online. I have a one sermon in a series today, and as you tell by the title, we're going to look at something that I believe can happen to all of us at different times in our lives. So I thought I'd begin with something I experienced a, a few years ago. I was traveling through Merrillville, Indiana with a church planner. We were looking for a potential meeting place for the church we were going to start there. And there was a movie theater right off of Route 30 that was not being used anymore. And one of our plants had recently launched successfully in a venue like that. So I thought, hey, let's look at that one. So we looked inside the front windows, and I looked at the lobby, and so I said, okay, this could work here. But I told the, the potential planter, I said, here, here's the deal. When it comes to a movie theater, you really need good ingress and egress out of the back of the theater so you can load equipment in and out. So let's go back and look at it. So we drove through the parking lot. And I was looking at the back, and I was explaining different things to look for, and all of a sudden he said, curb. And there was a sidewalk extension that went out behind the building. And so my front tires went up and over the sidewalk extension and went down on the other side of the sidewalk extension, and I made a mistake. I put the brakes on. Now, that sidewalk extension was the perfect length in between my back tires and my front tires, and I was stuck. You know, as hard as I tried to rev it up and go across, he got out and tried to push. He was five foot five and 135 pounds. So that wasn't going to work at all. I, I got us nowhere. And finally, he said, what are we going to do? I said, well, this looks like a job for a tow truck. And I said, let's go. So we walked out across the parking lot and down the road, there was a service station. Sure enough, they had a tow truck there and the tow truck driver was more than happy to help. And uh, so I drove in the front with him as we were driving back toward the vehicle. And as he looked at it across the parking lot there on the sidewalk extension, I said, hey, I bet you don't see that every day, do you? And he said, oh, oh, you'd be surprised. And I looked at him, I gave him one of those, oh, come on, dude, looks. And he started laughing. He said, I have never seen anything like this before in my life. All right, so $50 later, I, my car was free, and I have a story to tell about how, what it feels like to be stuck. Now, my question is, have you ever been stuck? Now, you may not have experienced something like that. However, I do realize there are situations we face in life that have the potential to stop us dead in our tracks. So, I brought a, a mousetrap with me today. Okay? This is a, this is a sticky one. Now, uh, let me show you how this works. Okay? Okay? I'd say he's stuck, right? Now, I don't know if you've ever felt like this. But things that happen in life at times do give us the potential of falling into a trap just like this. And in fact, when that happens, we, begin to, we can begin to believe things that simply aren't true. But it doesn't have to be this way. In the story we're going to look at today in John 5, we see a man who's been trapped in a situation for years. We don't know what happened to cause this, but we can tell by the way he first responded to Jesus how he felt. And the encounter he had with Jesus changed his life. Hey, let me tell you about my Jesus, huh? All right, that's what we're going to look at today. This leads to the truth, to the main thought I want to examine today. Though. Hey, when we are stuck, a shift in perspective can change everything. Now, there's a question that we who are stuck need to be willing to ask ourselves, and that is, whose voice am I going to listen to? Ever wondered about that voice in our heads? Hey, we all have it, right? We all get stuck at times, and when we do, there are going to be voices talking to us about uh, all kinds of different things. Sometimes the voices ourselves, sometimes the voices talking all around us. And when you talk about being stuck, have you ever thought about the ongoing pandemic? 
Okay, yeah, I mean, good grief, right? And all kinds of voices shouting out for attention. Thoughts, opinions, hey, and it's not just the pandemic. We know it's all sorts of things today, right? So in life, with different voices seeking our attention, we must pay attention to the voice who has our best interests in mind. So let's look at the story today. Jesus was in Jerusalem to celebrate a Jewish feast. And while he was there, he was walking through the city by a pool called Bethesda. Bethesda excuse me. There were many sick people lying around this pool. Now, the legend was that from time to time, an angel would come down from heaven, would stir up the waters, and the first person who was sick into the water would be healed of whatever ailment he or she had. People believed this. So there were people gathered around this pool all the time. One guy who was present who had been sick, an invalid, for 38 years. Now, what had caused his life situation, we have no idea. But for some reason, this guy caught the attention of Jesus that day as he was making his way by the pool. The Bible says this, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? I love that question. That's an easy answer, right? Do you want to get well? Well, Yeah, of course I want to get well. Why do you think I'm here? So imagine lying on a mat, waiting like everyone else for the water to churn with the hope that you could get down there for healing. And this guy comes up to you and asks, do you want to get well? So here's a guy lying there, right? Jesus comes, do you want to get well? So what's his answer? The guy says, well, you know, I've been lying here for a while. I'm kind of comfortable where I'm at. I think, uh, you know, I'm good. Really? Really? You're good at lying there like this? Sometimes it's real easy, though, isn't it? To get comfortable where we're at, and nothing's going to move us. Into this situation, Jesus says, do you want to get well? Now, I love this. Because we all face situations of time in life that get us stuck. Circumstances beyond our control. We've all encountered this a time or two in the past year and a half. Bad choices, mere reason, even habitual behaviors can become a, a rut that's difficult to exit. And any of these things and more can cause fear, anxiety, And then when they fester, hopelessness can set in. This is where this guy was. So when Jesus says, do you want to get well? Really, the guy just gives reasons as to why he couldn't get well. So here's what he says. Sir, I have no one to help me get into into the pool when the water's stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Do you hear that, that defeat, that resignation? In his voice saying, hey, it's not going to get any better than this for me right here. The problem is I look at this guy and I see me at times. I see me especially when I begin to listen to the voices in my head and around me that are not right. And the wrong voices can get us thinking the wrong things, simply put. So what are the things this guy shows from what he, what he reveals from his words? He reveals this. First of all, he says, I'm, I'm stuck in my routine. Basically, this is who I am. 
This man had probably been coming to the pool for a long time. His response was defeated because he was focused on the pool as a source of hope. Each day, he'd have some people carry him to the pool. He didn't make it there by himself, guys. Somebody carried him there. He'd try to get a good spot just in case the water would churn that he might have a shot of getting in. This was his routine. He was accustomed to watching the water. The problem is he was looking in the wrong direction on this day. Now, all of us have habits. Some are good, and others, well, let's just say not so much so, right? During the men's retreat a couple weekends ago, I had the opportunity to confront my tendency toward anger. I get mad over the, the simplest of things, home repairs. And let me, let me use this, these phrases, easy to assemble furniture. Yeah, you've been there, haven't you? And when my anger uh, ratchets up, my mouth engages with swearing. It's not right, it's not helpful, it's not beneficial to anyone, myself and anyone around me. And I had time to reflect on this over the weekend. It was good. It was good. And after arriving home on Sunday evening, I was talking to my youngest son, and I, I shared some of the insights, and I apologized for the example I'd set for he and his brothers through the years by my anger. His response was this, Dad, you are not an angry person. I know angry people. You are not one of those. And I said, so how about doing home repair projects? He said, well, you do get mad at times. But, Dad, you're not an angry person. And here's what I told him. Son, don't let me off the hook on this one. I need to listen to the spirit when anger approaches, so can I can thwart it when it arises. See, routines that are not healthy can get very sticky. Uh, the, the man who was, coming, who was lame here, or whatever his situation was, had been coming to the pool for a long time, and he thought this day was going to be no different. It's just going to end up the same way it normally does. Boy, did he have a surprise coming. Second thing I see about his response, he was stuck in his head. And we can get that way at times. That phrase, I'm all alone and no one cares. This man told Jesus, I have no one to help me in this pool. I'm on my own. And maybe he's hoping Jesus would be be the guy that would help push him into the pool at the right time. And there's no doubt in my mind that when the water was stirred, it was every man for himself, right? A mad dash to the water, the first one in was healed. So it would have been pushing and shoving all, it would have been Black Friday sales, right? Okay, that's the way it would have been. Now, there are a couple of observations here I see from this guy's response. One, I do think we need others. I remember the day I went to the gym without my partner. I loaded up the bar, sat down on the incline bench, and proceeded to lift the weight that I'd done with his help the week before. Went up off the bar, and it came down on my chest with a thud. And there it stuck. I tried to get it off. I couldn't do it. Now, do you think I asked for help? No, I'm a man. Right? Okay. I struggled with that weight on my own until somebody recognized my predicament. They came over and said, you need some help? Yes. And so off it came, and I was free. Hey, when we're stuck, we need to change the perspective that says, hey, it's okay to say help. Right? We need others. But we also need to be aware of that voice in our head that says, you're all alone, and no one else cares about you. It's simply not true. But when this mindset encroaches, 
If, if it develops and strengthens, it can lead to a pity party, which runs out full length and gets to despair. See, when stuck, we need a change of perspective. Uh, we, we don't want to be stuck. We want to get out of the situation. We don't want to be given to self-pity or given to the voice pointing to loneliness. So we need to get out of our head and listen to the right voice. The third thing I see, this guy was stuck in his predicament. The phrase I look at here, it is what it is. And he revealed this in his response to Jesus. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. I hear hopelessness in that response. Now, I brought my special glasses with me today. I've used them before. I call them no see Okay? Now, I believe that this is the way the guy thought of himself. I'm in this predicament. No one else can see the way I'm feeling. No one else can see what what I'm going through. And here's the problem. Most of the people who walk by that pool use these kinds of glasses, right? The poor, the sick, the lame, the invalids, they're all laying there. They all need help. Oh, well, it's a terrible situation. I hope someone helps them. Or I hope they get down in the water. Whatever. Not my problem. Hey, it's really easy to face situate life like this, it's real easy to go through life like this. I remember a, a time I was walking down the streets of uh, Cincinnati at a conference. I saw a friend of mine up ahead of me, and he saw him caught my eye, caught his and we ran toward each other, hadn't seen each other in a while, we ran toward each other, we gave each other a big hug. And standing close to where I was at, there was a homeless guy who just happened to be there, and I got done giving my friend a, an embrace, and he, the homeless guy looked at me and said, hey, where's mine? And without a thought, I threw my arms around him and gave him a hug. I don't know who was surprised, more was surprised, him or me, okay, at that situation. Here's the problem. Many people go through life, and we simply don't see the plights of others around us. But they're still there. Maybe this man at the pool was used to being ignored and not seen. Whatever it was, he felt hopeless. And lost. Well, into this man's story steps Jesus with a wonderful question. Do you want to get well? Oh, I love that question. Now, the guy responds to that question by lying there and telling Jesus why he can't get well. And this is when Jesus changes the man's perspective. And I hear it like this. Dude, keep, quit looking at the water. Look at me. And Jesus says, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And at that moment, everything changed for the guy because he got up off the mat and he did the thing he had not done for 38 years. He walked. All because of that encounter with the master. You see... This man responded to the voice of Jesus. Hey, it does make a difference whose voice we listen to. Listening to Jesus changes our perspective. The voice of Satan, our enemy, tells us we're stuck without hope. Jesus responds by reassuring us he loved us enough to die for us. Satan says we're down for the count. Jesus responds, get up. Get back on your feet. I'm right here with you. You're going to be fine. You have strength beyond your own. Satan says, we're all alone. No one cares about you. Jesus says, that simply isn't true. I'm with you, 
I will never leave you. You are family. Now, whose voice do we want to listen to? The right voice can change our perspective completely. I've been reading a book about William Booth, who founded the Salvation Army in England. When he first started his ministry, he was a street preacher. They'd march through the streets with with horns and stuff, uh, playing music, singing, and then they would end up at a big tent where he would speak. One night, the ropes on the tent where they were meeting were slashed by by hooligans. Tent fell on the people gathered there and was a complete loss. And they didn't know what they were going to do since there was no money, more money to buy another tent. And uh, they were meeting, have a strategy meeting, and Booth's wife, Catherine, spoke up during this meeting and said, hey, why don't we hold our meeting at a dance hall, which was a saloon back then? And Booth's response to his wife was, oh, my dear Catherine, there is no way we could meet in a place of sin like that. And I love her response. She said, why not? That lady would have made a great church planner. Okay. Why not? And that simple response caused him to reimagine where the good news of Jesus could be taught. And soon the good news of Jesus being taught in saloons all across England. Just because someone was willing to change his perspective. And sometimes we just need a change of perspective. Hey, when I hunt deer, I like to get up in the air. 15, 18 feet up in the air. It's amazing the difference, the the way things look differently when you're up higher, when you're elevated. And that's why it's so critical, friends, that we listen to the voice of Jesus when we get stuck. Hey, the inner voice doesn't see the reality. So it doesn't always lift us. And then there are the voices around us who definitely don't see the reality we can experience. If you have any any, uh, thoughts on this, Think about social media. My goodness, talk about gravity pulling this down. Why would we listen to the voices of people who don't care about us? See, when we listen to the voice of Jesus, he lifts us. He encourages us. He causes us to rise up and get moving. Now, there are other components to this, uh, to this story, okay? When, uh, when uh, Jesus told the guy to get up, the guy rolled up his mat. The Jewish leader saw him carrying his, uh, his mat around on the Sabbath. This was the Sabbath that we was, when he was healed. Um, it was against their add-on law, so they began to persecute Jesus. And this is where really his, uh, his uh, animosity, the animosity between the Jewish leaders and Jesus began to develop from this point in Jesus' story. Jesus meets this guy later on. He tells him, he said, he warns him about continuing to sin. But I'll tell you, the thing that caught my eye were those words. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Plenty of things we can encounter in life, my friends, have potential to get us stuck in an unhealthy place. Left to our own devices, it becomes very challenging to get out of the situation. So here's the good news. Jesus is standing right here in front of us. Jesus is saying, get up, pick up your mat, and get moving. And not only does he speak, help us with his words, he extends his hand and says, hey, let me help you. Let me help you. I'm here. So what are we going to do with this this week? A couple things I want to ask you to think about. First of all, maybe you're stuck. Maybe you're stuck. We all get stuck at times. So my question is, 
maybe, maybe you have a situation where you're encountering where Jesus is telling you to get up. So my question, my, my challenge for you is to look at your own life this week, do a little introspection, and, and ask yourself, am I stuck somewhere in my own life? And if so, where would Jesus, what would Jesus be saying to me to get up? What, what would he be telling me? How would he be telling me to get up? That's the second thing. What step could you take to respond to your stuck situation? For me, it was telling my son, don't let me off the hook. Call me on my anger. I got a picture here. Maybe. Here we go. This is uh, one of the crosses that came out of our, uh, our men's retreat. And on the, on the crossbars there, I, I put this statement, I will listen to the Spirit when anger approaches. So I have this in my office because I want to remind myself of my tendency toward the negative. And so I look at that and I say, okay, and believe me, anger approaches. But I'm trying to listen to the Spirit. Hey, and, and when I fall, and I will, I'll, I know Jesus will say this, Lance, get up, get moving again. You are my child and I love you. Get up and get moving. But I just need to be willing to listen. And maybe you have something like that. Whatever it is, ask Jesus to help you. And that's the third thing I want to say. Who do you need to gather around you for help? I think it's important to listen to the right voices. Uh, the first voice I listen to, I, I do try to read this every day because I want to hear Jesus. I read, read this morning. It was Luke 9 this morning I read. I always try to listen to what Jesus has to say. But also, gather people around you who have your best interests in mind. Listen to their voices, people who will lift you, people who encourage you. And then when you, when you are receiving that from people, give that to other people who need the same thing. All around us, we need people who lift us. We need to be lifting people. Do you want to get well? Well, yeah. Who wants to lie there in the past? Let's get up and move forward right? Get up and move forward. Let's listen to his voice and let's respond positively that we can.